What's going on? This is episode 149 in the Clapper Cast. I'm Burke, and as always, joined by Sean in person today. For the first time in what's it been like four years, we are recording in person. Yeah, it feels feels pretty good. This is <laughs> yeah, this is different. It's a it's a much better environment than trying to trying to record over webcams on Discord. It is, although you would think it'd be easier to record in person, and it is not. <laughs> no, we just spent a solid probably 45 minutes trying to figure out how to uh, record this thing in Audacity off of one one computer but uh, we figured a way we're gonna see how it works so <laughs> trial and error yeah whatever works uh so we last left off the pacific division it's been a hot minute now we're moving on to the metro uh some of their additions uh subtractions general sense of how they're doing um so let's let's jump right in with the carolina hurricanes um so they have a bit of a different roster going into next season um, they've added uh, Michael Bunting, uh, Dmitry Orlov, Lemieux. They've got back Tony D'Angelo after much, I don't know, cap circumvention questions from the league. He's he's finally back. Um, and then uh, they've added Caleb Jones as well. Um, and going out is Shane Goss's bear. So that experiment didn't really work out. He didn't pan out to... How he didn't really like line up with how good he was looking in Arizona, um, in Carolina, and then Max Pacioretty, who played what like five games for them. Um, um, he played exactly five games. He had three <laughs> goals. Um, um, I'm very fond of that season because I had him in fantasy, and uh, he showed up, played like two games, got hurt, missed a couple of games, <laughs> showed up, played half a game, got hurt again, showed up again, played another half a game, and then was done for the season. Yeah, he's a real band aid at this point. Um, he had three goals in those five games though. Yeah, he useful. looked good. He looked good. Um, and then uh, Calvin O'Han and uh, Kasha, I think he signed in like the Czech League or something I believe like so, that. yeah. I think him him and his brother, David Kasha, I think are they're actually on the same team over there now. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, what do you think about, like, some of their um, additions and subtractions? What do you think of their team? I think overall they've done well. I th- Like, it's it's hard to improve on this team considering how good they were and have been for a while. But what they've done, I mean... Dmitry Orlov has, I mean, you're much more familiar with him than me, but he's one of the more underrated defenders in the league because yeah. of how solid he is two-way, how solid he is defensively. Like, he's not flashy or anything, but he's just good, steady, reliable. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, a, he's a minute muncher. He, he's definitely a solid guy. Yeah, so for them to go and add someone like him to what is arguably already one of the best defensive groups in the league, like, that's just insane that they're going to have, like, Pesci, Brady Shea, Brent Burns, um, Dmitry Orlov, all in the same defensive group, like that yeah. is just unreal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a guy like Slavin is just so unreal, and Orlov is probably like a, I don't know, like a light version of Slavin, maybe a bit more offense in his game. Although Slavin does get has actually kind of incre- improved his um production a bit, but yeah, I mean that's a solid D line, mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely yeah, and you mentioned Slavin. I didn't even have him in there. <laughs> I said Brady Shea and, 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 oh, yeah, and uh, yeah. passed over Slavin, but that's like another just amazing defender. Yeah. Like Slavin's one of the more underrated defensive guys in the league too. Yeah, so I, I think that's a that's a good pickup. I mean, Orlov looked really good on the Bruins. He like came in and like lit up offensively, but like when he first came into the Capitals, he was definitely like more of a ro- roamer, rover kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like definitely jumped in the play a lot. But he's he's solid defensively. He's really kind of worked on his game. So 
I think he'll do well there. Um, I'm not pumped about it because I like Orlov and I don't like Carolina. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm a little bit sad. Um, but it makes their team better for sure. Yeah. And I think one of the main issues Carolina had last year was scoring, especially an issue once like Svechnikov went down and, you know, for a team that's as good as they were, like Martin Natchez led the team in scoring. He has 71 points, which considering how much offense was in the league last season, like that's not particularly impressive for a team yeah. that's at the top of the league. So scoring was an issue for them. Um, Michael Bunting isn't like elite forward, but he's someone who should be able to come in and help out like a second or third line and just provide a little bit of, you know, grit, a little bit of physicality, but also a little bit of a scoring touch, like another probably 20 goals. Yeah. And he can, he can play with like good players too, right? Like he played with Matthews and Marner, I believe for a lot of the year. Um, I think he did get bumped down a bit at times. Um, And uh, it's interesting that they've added like, bunting and lemieux so they've got like guys that refs don't really like i think like yeah that was one of the focal points of sportsnet when the leafs were in the playoffs just like how bunting was like becoming a bit of a distraction out there and that was definitely not being like responsible with like when he picks and chooses his battles Mm -hmm. and like his suspension in playoffs was um not a great decision by him to like I forget who he even hit, but uh, Chernak, right? Um, for that blindside kind of interference hit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think like I don't. It seems weird that they've added like both both those guys with like a bit more of like the I don't know pest. Yeah, pest kind of nature. Because I don't think like anyone's criticizing like their compete level or like their physicality or anything. It was just the scoring. So it seems like kind of a bit of a weird pickup to me but i mean i guess bunting can score yeah it's an interesting dynamic they're trying to add like maybe that's just something they want is is someone who can just kind of like maybe change the momentum a little bit maybe go be an agitator and get under the other team's skin yeah didn't brindamore make like comments about like refs though like and how like he didn't know where the line was so it just seems like kind of like Okay, if a you're bit having, counterintuitive yeah. to get players who are going to go and cross that line regularly. Like, this isn't going to help that yeah. situation. So, I mean, I guess they'll find out where the line is because those two guys play on the line. Yeah, they'll be crossing it at times, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like, Lemieux is definitely, like, worse at that, I think, than Bunting is. But, um, yeah, it seems, seems kind of a little bit counterintuitive and maybe counterproductive. Um, and then, like, what do you think about the whole D'Angelo coming back thing? Like, after... I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't really get it because, like, why do you need D'Angelo when you have Brent Burns? Yeah. that That's my whole logic behind it is, like, yeah, okay, Burns is getting older. Like, he's, I think he's going to be 38 when the season's starts or is over. But he still put up 61 points last year playing 23 minutes a game. Yeah, he's solid still, and for sure. He's better in literally everything than than D'Angelo. Like, why do you need two defenders like that? So you're gonna shove D'Angelo on the third pairing, and then you just have a third pairing you can't use against the players you were probably going to. Yeah, I don't know. I think like even wasn't like Brady Shea rolling on power play one for a bit of time there too. So, um, seems. I don't know. I mean, I guess like to be fair, like we talked about like match Max Pacioretty and Svechnikov getting hurt. So like maybe depth at some of these positions isn't necessarily a bad thing but yeah it does seem like 
maybe you would have been better off getting like a forward with a scoring touch or like you know like maybe like getting a guy like thomas tatar or something like that yeah there were there were a few other guys kind of Um, in there like um like yeah like tatar sharon govich bokvis like yeah i'm I'm naming guys from new jersey because they're all that's the first ones that came into my (laughs) head but yeah i mean guys who can can score a bit um yeah like 20 goals 25 goals 30 goals whatever um it just and like they were rumored to be on like Eric Carlson for a while and it's like Carlson even said like I don't want to go there apparently yeah. and like reunite the I don't Carlson wanna, I don't want to play with Burns again yeah so yeah I mean like they're they're you shouldn't even utter D'Angelo and Carlson in the same sentence but like they're undoubtedly you know similar kind of archetype player um, not great defensively better offensively players so seems like a weird ad but i guess like if their offense rolls through the blue line sure which that is a trend that carolina has i think they they fire a lot of shots from their defense so if that's a strategy they want to use then okay i guess it makes sense it's just you know it seems like i guess the team the team and its system has shown to be good enough to cover that type of a player yeah because they were able to retain both their goalies anderson and ranta and Kachekov, like they've got the same trio running next season. Yeah, that's one of the question marks I had actually. It was like their goaltending. It's like I was. I think there was a lot of people who were surprised that they kept the same tandem because it looked like Kachekov was ready to kind of be a backup, um, just based off of how he performed. Mm-hmm. So I think there's concerns about his consistency with Kachekov, and he was really, really good for a bit. And then he kind of quieted down, slowed down a bit, and his numbers fell. Hmm. Um, and I also think, I was listening to a podcast about this. I think I mentioned it in the last episode, too, actually, about teams wanting three NHL-ready goalies on the roster. Yeah. They want they don't want, like, you know, one of your goalies goes down, and then you have, like, an AHL guy. They want someone who can play in the NHL, whether yeah. it's to um, be able to come in and, you know, roll three goalies or to have, like, an actual NHL goalie on the ice for practice, like that type of thing yeah i mean like i guess with like the injuries that like ranta and henderson and had, yeah, they're both injury prone goalies it makes sense and at this point do either anderson or ranta expect to make it through a full season without getting hurt so maybe exactly. they're kind of on board with like sure yeah you know like maybe on the open market i could fetch a little bit more money but like i'm willing to take a discount here because you know i like the guys in the tandem or the trio or whatever and the goaltending staff and mm-hmm. And coaching staff overall and where the team's at just in the standings it just i think it was surprising to some people that they did end up keeping the whole group yeah because it looked like they were going to lose lose somebody yeah and you'd you'd think like the natural progression would be okay you've got your your aging backup in ranta with and you've got this younger guy coming up who just had a great season and kind of like save save the day for a little bit when when yeah. everyone else was hurt coming up so it's like it makes sense for him to be the backup but yeah let's let's take one maybe more there's a bit of crack at this i would say like preemptive damage control of just like or disaster control or something yeah and it's also not rushing your guy yeah into the nhl which is nice like some teams do that and like goalies are always like kind of black magic where yeah. it's like i mean look at nadelkovich right where it's like he was in the exact same situation in carolina and it was like well is this the next great goalie and then goes to detroit and it's like well maybe not which Um, another testament to the system in carolina because it seems like 
goalie goes to Carolina, does really well, leaves Carolina, and falls back to earth. Yeah, and I remember, I mean, I think probably I even did it, but I remember everyone kind of like panning them for moving on from him. It's like, well, maybe they knew, right? Yeah, maybe. He was propped up by by guys like Slavin and everything, so. Yeah, I mean, overall for Carolina, do you see them as improving or staying the same? I think they improved. Yeah. I mean, what did they lose compared to what they brought in, like, that's kind of where I'm looking at it is is they improved on the thing that they needed. They made their already stacked defense even better, and they didn't really lose anything of significance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like the big names that they're, they've are they lost or are moving on from, like Pacioretty didn't really make an impact. He didn't play. Like I'm assuming they're not signing Pugliarvi, but like he didn't do much when he was there. Yeah. And like who else did they even lose? Uh, Gosses Bear, DeHaan, and Andre Kasha. Yeah, so, I mean, Orlov improvement on DeHaan. Kasha was hurt a lot. And yeah. depth forward, and the other one? Pacioretty? Pat, uh, Gosses Bear. Oh, yeah. Goss. Had 10 points in 23 games, and they brought in D'Angelo. Yeah. Who's probably worse than Gosses Bear, but... Knows the system has been successful there before, whereas Gosses Bear looked better in Arizona compared yeah. to Carolina. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, I say that's an improvement. Yeah, I, I'd say that they got better as well. Um, definitely, um, just better depth for sure. Um, okay, we'll move on to uh, Columbus. Uh, so um, they, sorry, I forgot to read off some some stats here, just off of my uh, little spreadsheet. Um, but uh, I just forgot to mention that last year Carolina had a fifty-two twenty-one and nine record. Uh, with 113 points, that's a 6.89 points percentage. They finished finished first in the division, second in the league. Um, so they had a really good year. Yeah. And so if they've they look better this year, that's that's kind of hard to do. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but Columbus, <laughs> kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum a little bit. So they had a 25, 48, and nine record for 59 points. That's a point three six point percentage, and that they finished eighth last in the division, and thirty first in the league. So, pretty bad. Uh, and insult to injury, they lost the Connor Bedard sweepstakes to Chicago. Great. Um, and nobody was happy. Yeah, no one, nobody liked that. Everybody disliked that. Exactly. Um. So, but. You know, they didn't kind of let them stop that stop them. They did draft a guy who wants to be there uh, in uh, Fantilli, and he looks like he's going to be really good too. Um, maybe not like a generational talent, but still a solid player, um, and he wants to be there, which is probably something exciting for Columbus fans um, to, to hear. <laughs> Someone who actually wants to be in Columbus. Yeah, and he said, like, he's got, like, a huge connection there through, like, the, the school. Like, I think it's, like, U- Michigan or whatever. Um, there's a bunch of players that play in uh, Columbus. Yeah, it would have been, like, Johnston there. and... Yeah, I think, like, I think Wierenski, um I don't know. I, I'm not, like, a huge university hockey follower, so I'm not sure, but there, he, I remember him saying that that's one of the reasons he wanted to go there. It's just, like, a connection mm-hmm. um so that's cool so um fantilli is looking like one of the guys out of the draft that might be ready for game one of the season so we'll see if he's one of the additions that they make if so um that could be pretty cool um 
but they've also added um, Provorov in a trade from uh, Philly. Um, and that was the uh, LA Kings three-way trade as well, I think, right? Um, and they've added uh, Damon Severson in a trade from New Jersey. Um, they also had a lot of guys that were injured last year, like Zach Orensky, um, who will be uh, coming back. Um, I'm not sure if they, like, where they sit, like, in overall man games lost last year, but I think they must have been up there. They had um, to have been. Like, in ter- especially in terms of, of, like, relative to quality of player or, like, expected time on ice. Yeah. Because they lost a few of their better defenders in, like, a week. I think they lost, like, Vorensky and then Boakvist right after one after another. Oh yeah, and it was like their their power play. I remember there was like their cap power play guy. It was like it went from like Lorensky to Boquist to um, what's his name? The guy that they traded for last year, the young defenseman. Ah, uh, what's his name? You can, um, Bean. Jake Bean. I think he also got hurt or something. Yeah, he's, he's then, still um, on IR. And then um, uh, yeah, they lost like. I think was Voracek on their roster last year. Yeah. Um. And before he got traded to Arizona. Um, yeah. Voracek was there, I believe. So he was there. He's like a big, you know, top six guy for them. I think. Um. Just a lot of lot of injuries. So, for them to be healthy, I think is is a huge change, like shake up for them. Um. We'll see like how quickly some of those guys can kind of get back into, you know, game form. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the one of the other big additions they have is Mike Babcock coming in as head coach. So I know that you're a huge Babcock fan. So um, what do you feel about that one? I I don't quite understand why he gets another chance. Like, he must have said something good behind the scenes. You know, must have talked his way into another position, I guess. Did he require an interview with the league to come back? Like they're trying to do with um, the Chicago guys? I don't think he was ever a suspended or anything. He was just let go by yeah. the Leafs. I don't think there was or, anything. I guess relieved of his duties because they still paid him. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there was anything. I can't remember for sure, but I don't think there was anything with Babcock needing like reinstatement officially. I think it was more just. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, he was just kind of an asshole. He wasn't like a party to a huge scandal. He was just a kind of a dickhead, old school coach. Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of I don't quite understand how that's going to work with a young developing team to have an old school jackass as a head coach. <laughs> it doesn't seem to to mesh very well that that dynamic and like those types of coaches. Like it's very rare that they have the self-awareness to reinvent themselves especially after the length of his career like he's it's kind of that can't teach an old dog new tricks mentality yeah that like is he going to be able to reinvent himself to match how this younger team is going to like create their locker room and their dynamic yeah or is he just going to be old school and get like Fantilli to start ranking players (laughs) yeah make a list day one yeah yeah um yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I get where you're coming from. I think that um, he definitely has that reputation. I mean, he's been saying a lot of things, and it's hard to tell if it's lip service or if it's, like, genuine, where it's, like, you know, he's saying, like, I realized what I did was not okay. Um, but 
you know, like what's, what's he going to do moving forward? And yeah, it seems like a weird, like a bit of a risk to put, to expose some of those players to, to a guy like him. But if he has changed his stripes, maybe it could work out because mm-hmm. he has, you know, a pretty good record in the NHL. I mean, you can argue whatever you want about like the teams he's been a part of, but I mean, you, you look at like, you know, like a, a case study with like Morgan Riley, like he did a really good job with Morgan Riley and like, he, I think Riley was always one of like his defenders, but then it's like you talk to other guys about like his time in Detroit and what he did with like Mike Medano and um, Johan Franzen. Franzen and Commodore. Um, yeah, and so I don't know. It seems like it could be uh, a bit of a misstep, but it's um, definitely like a bit of a. Um, name value higher for Columbus and so uh, I think part of it might be too like he might actually do okay in like a smaller market where like it's not so much pressure Mm -hmm. but I don't know I mean yeah I don't know if I'm like as harsh on like him in general compared to you but I, I definitely think he was like a dick and that but that was also like normal for a lot of coaches like not now but like you know in his heyday like there's like a quote from i can't remember who it is i think it might be like cicerelli or chicharelli or somebody but it was like talking about um bowman i I don't even know if if he played for bowman but it was somebody and it was like Mm -hmm. you know 364 days of the year i hated his guts but the one like the one other day I collected my ring mm-hmm. is kind of that mentality where it's like the guy was a piece of absolute shit, but then like we won. So it's like, I get, I get it. But y- you know, Stan Bowman's a guy, not Scotty Bowman. Sorry, not Stan Bowman, <laughs> Scotty Bowman. Wow. Scotty Bowman was like an absolutely legendary, like top five coach in yep. NHL history, but yep. he was like notoriously like a dickhead. So I get it. And like, minor hockey i had coaches that were had their moments as well so i i i don't know it just seems like it it was a legitimately toxic part of the game and so it's like i don't know if i hold it's not just babs that did that but you yeah. can argue whether he deserves a, a second chance or not so i mean thinking if he if he actually changes it around i think yeah cool but if he doesn't, like they should get rid of him. Yeah, pretty quickly. I mean, he's yeah. he's got to be on a pretty short leash given his record, his reputation. Like he's got to be on a pretty short leash, and if it's not working out, like they probably, I I would imagine that they don't want to like sit with it for too long. Yeah. If if it's not working out, if the the team isn't functioning properly. Yeah. So but I think in terms of their moves, their actual player moves, you know, they didn't do much like for a team that finished second last they were kind of stagnant in in free agency i don't think they really brought any free agents in they made a couple of trades like you mentioned for provorov and and severson Mm -hmm. that'll improve their defense because that was a that was a weak spot for them especially with all the injuries so the extra depth will be great um at forward like you know have to slot in fantilly pretty high pretty quickly but like they're still looking pretty weak they don't have a whole lot of depth yeah, and I think there was a rumor or even talking to Patrick Line about him playing center. Yeah, I saw that. So that would be an interesting one to have the sniper like Line on uh, at center. 
because I imagine that would be a cool dynamic with uh, Johnny Hockey and and Line A on the same mm-hmm. line, like you know that usually you've got like the playmaking center to the sniping winger. It'd be interesting to see that flipped. Yeah, where I think Gaudreau is more the playmaker to to Line A sniping from center. Yeah, I think. I think Line A has been like passing a lot more lately. He has. I don't yeah. know if it's injuries or what, but um, he's developing his game. Yeah, um, and I think like his actually like his two way game has actually been developing too. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, that'd, that'd be interesting. And I think, I think like there's a few like like we talked about like their injuries, and then like I think like Texier is coming back, yep. um, and then like. They've got some young guys who might be coming up as well. And then, like, I think uh, Sillinger had, like, a pretty rough year last year. A lot of those younger guys did. Sillinger and Johnston both. And I think that can probably be, like, it's probably part and parcel with the injuries. You know, like, playing above your station. You're not ready for this yet, but you you just do the injuries. Like, it's, like, putting up there. And it's like, oh, you're in the top six. Why aren't you producing? And it's like, there's no way that this kid Mm -hmm. is ready for that. Um, So maybe, like, having a healthier team will help their younger guys kind of have like you know play their right amount of minutes and right time in the game um but it's tough to see them making playoffs with the team that they yep. have right now and the big honestly the big question mark on their roster to me is goaltending not i'm not an elvis supporter <laughs> not that i'm not a supporter of his but he hasn't shown the ability to be consistently a starter and also consistently in the lineup because yep. he's he's very frequently out for periods of time, and then you look at after that, they've got Daniil Tarasov as their backup, who yeah. like I think he was okay, but he's not he's not the type of player that you want to rely on. Like we we're going from you know the, the contrast from Carolina to Columbus here, you know the <laughs> the oh Anderson's hurt, we got Ranta. Oh Ranta's hurt, we got Kachekov. Three goalies who have yeah. legitimate you know little bits of track record you know, the little bit of the track record that Kachekov has. Yeah. You've got three goalies who can play it. But in Columbus, you've got Merz- like Merzlikens. He's been good at times, but he's hurt a lot. Then you go to Tarasov. Doesn't have much of a track record. Yeah. And then you go down to... What was it, Goodlevskis or something? Yeah. And, you know, Jet Greaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so some somebody. So yeah, I mean, I don't that, know. That's, that's going to be an issue for them, I think. Uh, yeah. For sure. I don't see them as a particularly strong team in this division, and that's okay because, like, they they need to develop and, you know, get some more draft picks. Um, you know, maybe maybe get a shot at getting a, a Celebrini mm-hmm. projected to be the number one next year. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I think, like, Kent Johnston and um, Fantilli – um, if if they pan out to be as good as they think, and they'll they'll be okay. Yep. I think in a couple of years, it's oh, just sure. right now. Yeah, it's gonna be a little bit rough. But yeah, their defense definitely did get better. Um, but yeah, with their goaltending and just their, it's tough to see them like scoring and winning games compared to some of the other teams in this division mm-hmm. for sure. So uh, do you think they're kind of like staying the same, like finish kind of around that, you know, bottom? Bottom five teams, yeah, they're, in the they're league, sort of, yeah, yeah. They're probably going to be down there. I don't see them. I don't see them making a much of an improvement on on standings wise yeah. compared to last season. Yeah, that that's that's fair. I would agree. Uh, so well, I guess we'll move on to the New Jersey Devils, uh, which 
they had a pretty surprising year last year. Um, I think they jumped, what, like 45 points or something like that. Yeah, huge. Um, they finished uh, with a 52-22-8 record, 112 points, so one point behind Carolina, uh, .683 points percentage, second in the division, third in the league. Um, and they have uh, added to Foley, Nosek, Tierney. Um, they've also extended Bratt and Meyer. They've added um, Colin Miller. Um, and they've added uh, Calfoot. Yep. Um, they have both feet now. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they, as you mentioned, in Columbus, they traded out uh, Damon Severson. They also lost Miles Wood. He signed in Colorado. And then Sharon Govich went to Calgary in that Toffoli trade. Uh, and Jesper Boquist they lost. And then Ryan Graves um, also uh, signing elsewhere in Pittsburgh. Um, so they had a pretty amazing year last year. And um, they've they've kind of locked in some of the guys um, that, that were in their top six. Um, and, you know, they made that big play for Timo Meyer last year and locked him in. And then added Tyler Toffoli. So I personally think that their top six is, is going to be absolutely insane next year. Um, but what do you think about the Devils' uh, offseason so far? It's a pretty damn good offseason. Like, you look at most teams, you look at the names they lost and the roles they played on the roster for the the length of time they've had those guys, and you'd be like, oh, well, that sucks. They lost all of that. But then you look at what they've added or what they still have, and it's like they can they can replace it. Yeah, like they've got a so their roster is so strong right now. They got Meyer and they didn't really even give up any of their their top prospects. Then they give up uh, Shakir Mukmadulin. Yeah, I think was like, the best. He was the best. The best one that head the other way, and they still have a strong roster. They managed to bring in like an improvement. I think Tafoli is an improvement. Oh, I should, uh, Tatar is probably gone. Yeah, and yeah, I so think, yeah, I think, I think that's Foley a, is an improvement on Yeah, so Foley is an improvement on whatever, you know, Sharon Govich, Bokvist, Tatar, whichever he's replacing in the lineup. You know, improvement there. Um, the one thing that I'm concerned about is their goaltending. Same yeah, thing as Columbus. I you were going to say that, yeah. Vitek Vanacek was, he's, he's like, he's the most serviceable goalie in the league. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. But he's not going to be the goalie that's going to take you to the next level. Yeah, he's just good enough to like keep your team performing well. He's not going to like cause your team's downfall, but he's also not going to cause the success. Yeah, and with him as the starter, I mean, Akira Schmid was good. I think he had one of the, like the most unreal little stretches in the regular season. Yeah, but he was unreal. Playoffs were an issue for both of them. For both yeah. of them, yeah. And um, they didn't improve on that. So it'll be interesting to see because they didn't significantly change the tone of their team defensively. Like, they're going to be about the same as they were last season. So it'll be interesting to see how those, how those goalies respond and if they can do any better. Yeah. Because that, that was the thing that held them back in the playoffs was that goaltending. Yeah, they're definitely built not from the crease out. They are built... The other way. Um, and I guess, I don't know when Blackwood moved on, but I forgot to mention him. Too. Yeah, he got traded to San Jose. Yeah. I don't know if that was in the offseason or when that what happened. It was a rights thing, so I think yeah. it was, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely a big question mark for them. Um, maybe they look at uh, improving at some point. Um, I think they were rumored to be in on Hellebuck at some point. That um, was a big one because he would be the smartest fit because they like that's the position they need and that's the position you know obviously that Hellebuck plays. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that's that's yeah. the position they need and Hellebuck was available apparently. Yeah. Yeah, and like he wants to win. New Jersey just finished really high up in the standings. It would make sense. I think does Hellebuck have a like a no move or no trade or anything like that? Maybe he would waive it if he does have one to go there because of just the level of um like the the kind of the project trajectory that yeah. the Devils are on. Yeah, now from the Devils side, Hellebuck's going to be one of those few goalies who's going to go my contract's ending, look how I'm look how good I am <laughs> and want like a 9-10 million dollar contract. Yeah, New I Jersey can can't afford that. Um that would be, you know, Hellebuck's going to end up being a rental. So maybe that's their option like later in the season, middle of the season is to bring Hellebuck in at a, you know, retained price for the one playoff run. Yeah. But he's going to be the type of goalie who's going to ask for 8, 9, 10 million. Probably shouldn't get it considering he's, like, going to sign that deal at 31 years old. And we've seen those expensive goalie deals not really work out very well. Hey, Bobrovsky just made it to the finals. (laughs) (laughs) Bobrovsky, yeah, you know, the... 10, 10 good games in the playoffs <laughs> after like what a couple years of them not being able to get rid of him yeah um, him losing his starting job to various backups yeah but um <laughs> he could be an option as 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 a rental at the deadline or ha- mid-season if if winnipeg decides that they continue to blow things up yeah i th- i don't know like who else would even be an option for them at this point for, for goalies, like there's gotta be somebody else out there that they might look at, but with the cap being so constrained as it is, like it's going to be hard to upgrade. And then like, are they going to want to give up, you know, some of the younger guys that they have or whatever picks or anything. Um, but yeah, I would agree that that's kind of the definitely, um, one of the weak spots in the armor of the, of the devils is, is that, uh, goalie. But yeah, I think overall, like, I think they have improved still just because of the um, the top six uh, improvement and just the fact that they were able to keep Brat and Meyer and it looked like they weren't going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that that trade for Meyer looks even better for them now because they were able to lock him up long-term. Um, just absolutely great for them. Um, and then the fact that they have Hughes, Meyer brat locked up is is just yeah and they've um, done they've done well at that um getting those guys locked up early yeah i mean the hughes the hughes deal is looking like an absolute steal to have him for eight million for the next like he's still got like six or seven years seven years i think on that yeah pretty cool he's locked up for the rest of the decade so pretty awesome for them for sure it's it's a good it's good to have that core locked up so early for so uh so little yeah, and then they're going to have his brother, you know, a uh, full year probably um, for what, Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine he in. makes the team. And then, um, you know, in a few years, they're probably going to get Quinn. So. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> at this uh, point. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why he'd want out of Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah um so yeah i, th- I think they i think that they did get better um so unless you've got anything else to add to new jersey we'll move on to the new york islanders this will probably go real quick um they had finished last year uh, with a 42 31 and 9 record 93 points a 0.567 points percentage they finished fourth in the division 15th in the league uh overall they have added pierre engvall carlson carson coolman and then they have lost josh bailey in a trade where um he ended up getting bought out by Chicago. Uh, so not much. They did nothing, essentially. I, I mean, I, I mean, I guess that they made their play last year in getting Bo Horvat. Yeah, I guess that was their big move, and like, fair enough. I mean, they also re-signed Sorokin for a long-term deal, which is the right call. Yeah. So they've got they've got him locked up and. They have a fair amount of, of decent players, but they're also spending a lot on those guys. So they don't really have a whole lot of flexibility to do anything. And it's also Lou Lamorello Islanders. They're not they're not often doing stuff. It was interesting, however. Do you remember a couple of seasons ago how all of the Islanders like they had a few a few guys they needed to sign? They didn't sign officially oh, yeah. all summer, all summer, and then it's like heading into training camp and they finally announced all the deals at once. Yeah. They announced all those deals very early on this summer. <laughs> all of the re-signings they had to do. Yeah. So I almost wonder if someone told Lou, like, don't do that. Just, like, announce the deals. Do it all now. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't sit on them all summer like that. Just just announce them when they're done. Yeah. Well, like, they signed, like, Wallstrom to a deal. And, like, I remember when that guy looked like he was going to, like, score it, like, at will in the league. And he, I think he signed for, like, very near to, like, league minimum, um, which is. Yeah. 874. Kinda, yeah, which is just such a fall off from what he was projected to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, not not much going on for them. Yeah, they they didn't do anything. They didn't. Their roster didn't get better. It looks the same as it did last season. That they were completely average. I think they got hurt a little bit by injuries. And the like Barzal was hurt at times. Yeah. yeah, just with like that particular injury, um, causing them some issues, but. They didn't do a whole lot. I don't expect them to get much better. No. I don't they didn't like like um especially relative to the other teams in the division. There's nothing there to suggest that they're gonna be better. Yeah, it's just such an islanders thing just mm-hmm. stay the exact same. Like uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> very, very unexciting, very uninteresting, not much to talk yeah, about. Yeah, like like very middle of the pack, like finish fifteenth yeah. in the league, like almost bang on like middle probably be there again exactly yeah so yeah exact same so we'll move on to the the rangers uh they finished last season with 47 22 and 13 record 107 points 0.652 points percentage that was third in the division and ninth in the league um so i think that was a bit of a drop for them um and they've They've actually got a little bit of uh, roster turnover here. Um, so they lost Yaro Halak, Patrick Kane, Vlad Tarasenko, probably Tyler Mott, unless he resigns. Carpenter, uh, Mikola. They have added Jonathan Quick, Nick Benino, Blake Wheeler, Eric Gustafson, Tyler Pitlick, 
Riley Nash, who is surprisingly still around, and Alex Belzeal. Um, so, um, going to be a different look for them, and uh, you know they're probably pretty disappointed in some of those trades that they made. Although they did not have to give up that much for Patrick Kane, um, but uh, I don't know. I feel like if I was a Rangers fan, I'd be kind of disappointed that both those guys are moving on. Yeah, I'd be. I would be disappointed too that the team they went and made that play at a time where I think you and I were both like, why this year? Yeah. Like why do all of that for this one playoff run? And then they kind of fizzled out. It didn't, it didn't work out. Yeah. And then lose to the devils too. Yeah. Like, so just to rub it in. (laughs) Luckily, like you said, they didn't give up too much, which was ideal. And even though they had a lot of turnover, they didn't really lose much. Well, the core is the same, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Even 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 though they lost Tarasenko and Kane, like those two weren't part of the team; they weren't part of the core. Yeah. So it's like the the roster is essentially the same. The biggest change is like losing Halak for Jonathan Quick, which I actually don't think is a very smart move, considering how good Halak was for them, um, in that role last season, that he kind of saved them a lot of games, a lot of points, for Jonathan Quick, who yeah, he's got a lot of experience, but. Like, so does Halak, and Halak is also, like, suited to that role yeah. and was better than Quick last season. Yeah, and Jonathan Quick's numbers last year, regardless of team, are not not amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, like, bringing in Wheeler seems like a, a risk when you got some good young players that are trying yeah. to still find their game a bit when Wheeler was very um, notorious for, like, bullying um line a out of town yeah to, to the extent that the guy has his captaincy stripped and then he was it him him or shifley that was like openly defying his coach in the media shifley i think wheeler was saying like he didn't appreciate how um bonus came out and criticized them publicly and said that he wanted it like behind closed doors instead i was like well I don't see the problem in openly calling you a piece of garbage when <laughs> it's th- with the shoe fits. It's fairly, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, a lot of stories about it. So yeah, I don't, it's, it's a bit of a risky move. Like I think I mean, from the Rangers, it's like, it's cheap, Yeah, but like, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't want that guy on my team. Not at this point. Like, yeah. Okay. Sure. He's like a guy. It's, it's one of those like, yeah, I don't care what he does. Cause he's good at hockey. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, Wheeler can come in and score 60 points, but he also isn't going to be the greatest influence for like the younger players you're trying to bring up for the locker room dynamic you're still trying to build. Yeah. So, you know, it's a cheap one-year deal. He might be able to put up a lot of points for them, but will it be the right fit? Yeah, and like, I mean, I guess it it could be good for him to like not be like in any sort of leadership position. Yeah. Yeah, um, is is the core like are Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider, or Goodrow? They have the A's right now. Are they going to be enough well, to, to Truba, tell them? To... Truba's the C. And Truba, so yeah. like that might be interesting. Truba being a former Jet <laughs> who wanted out <laughs> yeah. of Winnipeg, like pretty publicly. Yeah, I think that was a um, thing for a couple of seasons. And like I think he went to arbitration and had like a really bad relationship with like the franchise. So I wonder if he had a bad relationship with with Wheeler at all, or if he was maybe behind this, if he liked Wheeler or mm-hmm. something. So I wonder if that could be a, an interesting dynamic. Um, and if not, Truba knows how to throw a good hit. Yeah, maybe there's <laughs> a <laughs> a self team hit um, that goes on this year. Um, 
But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like they're kind of the same. Um, I mean, yeah, they lost like you know a Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famer, and Patty Kane. Maybe he resigns there once he's got his surgery. I don't think that's going to um, be possible because they still have to resign Lafreniere, and they only oh, have okay. a couple million left. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see what happens, I guess. But yeah, they um, they they seem pretty much the same because, like you yeah. said, like they're all of their most important players are still still there. Like they're they're they've got Panarin, Zibanejad, um, like they're they're Fox. They're all the same. Yeah, Shesterkin. Yeah. So I see them as being very very much the same this season, holding their own in the division for sure. Um, and they just. Gotta figure out a way to score five at five oh five. <laughs> yeah, and I mean their their success seems to fluctuate with Shesterkin as well. That when Shesterkin's in God mode, then the team's unreal. But if he's not, then they kind of struggle. So yeah, you know which you know are they getting Vesna Shesterkin or last season Shesterkin? Because that seems to make a huge difference. Even though they were still good last year when Shesterkin wasn't as good as he was the year before, but they weren't able to just be this complete shutdown franchise. Yeah, they they had you know there was a hole in their game, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, I don't I don't know if Shesterkin ever gets back to those numbers because those were just insane, um, that that one year. Um, yeah, I, we'll move on um, to a team that's that might give Columbus a run for their money as worst in the league or not a league the division, although maybe yeah league maybe, two maybe league two yeah. <laughs> Uh, and this is Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, last year, they finished 31, 38, and 13. 75 points, a point four five seven points percentage. Seventh in the division and 26 in the league overall. Um, so this, this is kind of interesting because they they shipped out Tony D'Angelo, Ivan Provorov, Kevin Hayes. Um, they've had a few, a few other guys that left. Braun, Grosnick, Lemieux, Van Riemsdyk. But particularly D'Angelo, Provorov, Hayes. So they 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 said that um you know they were they were kind of like trimming the fat on players that didn't align with like the future of the Phil- Philadelphia Flyers and didn't align with like you know what the coach wanted for the team Tortorella and you know I don't not not so much Hayes here but like D'Angelo and Provorov were you know D'Angelo's always been in like a super right wing guy has had some issues for sure and then Provorov was very publicly involved with the whole um you know pride night stuff he was the guy that kind of like started the whole thing with the, the with the players in the league and so a lot of fans were like okay cool we're getting rid of some of these guys and then who do they bring in mark stall <laughs> yeah so it's like oh okay neat um so it's like a one for one type of personality um They've also added Victor Mete, uh, Ryan Paling, uh, Garnet Hathaway, who I should mention is on the other side of the, like the Mark Stahl, D'Angelo Provorov <laughs> the ideology. thing. Yeah, um, they also got um, Peterson, um, the goalie from LA, um, and uh, Sean Walker from LA in that trade. Um, so. It's kind of an interesting mix of guys there, and I don't see them having too much of an impact on the team overall. No, this I mean, this doesn't really look like a a group of players that's gonna have any real success or a cohesion. I just it, it's very much just like 
a bunch of random people. Yeah, I mean, I just had a quick um, thought. Like, they, they brought in Cal Peterson, maybe a guy that the Devils look at. Maybe, I don't know if this happens, but within division, but, like, Carter Hart? Well, there was rumors that he was available. Yeah. You know, so Philly always has issues with their goal. This is a th- this has been a thing for 20 years, right? Like, Philly oh, having yeah. issues with their goalies. Yeah, for so, sure. I mean, Bob, right? Bobrovsky. Yeah, Brzezgalov. Like, Brzezgalov. Um, yeah, they've always had real tough time filling the net probably mm-hmm. since like Hextall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how good was Chick Manic? Kind of one of the yeah. last ones. Ray Emery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, that like this trio they've got of Peterson, Carter Hart and Felix Sandstrom, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't spark a lot of confidence in, in the team when, you know, their top defensive pairing could potentially be Travis Sandheim and Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> <laughs> although Ristolainen, under Tortorella does look a lot better. Yeah. I saw some stats that were saying like that he's not like he's, he's actually not, not the worst, the worst defenseman in the league anymore. <laughs> he actually has kind of turned his game around a lot. And so I think like that's one of the things Tortorella is good at. Um so that's that's kind of interesting. But yeah, I mean like still not an ideal top pairing yeah. for sure. Um, which is, I was surprised when people were interested in San- like there were so many rumors that Seinheim was in like that mega trade that was rumored with Hayes, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, really? Like, there's a lot of interest in that guy at his cap hit and like how long it is. Um, that seems Yikes. a little yeah. little surprising. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think that they're gonna be any better or worse. I think that they've committed to where they're at yeah. right like like i think like danny briere has come in and said like we're we're in a rebuild yeah and i think we've been we've been trashing him for you know how many years on this podcast but chuck fletcher like the damage that he did to the organization oh unbelievable with the 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 value that he gave up all the draft picks he gave up for nothing i couldn't like imagine i couldn't believe that he was on that um nhl draft um panel <laughs> I was like, why would anyone ever believe anything this guy says? <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't know anything about the value of anybody in the yeah. NHL. So, it, it's... using an app to like <laughs> evaluate <laughs> trades and stuff. I really, I really hope that like it's actually something that's developed, and he's just an old person who doesn't know what technology is. I don't know, but um, like he set the franchise back so long. It's going to take a while for Briere to come in and actually like set oh, the yeah. record straight like a couple years before the draft picks start replenishing themselves. And then you start getting some cap hits off the book and you start bringing in your guys. And like, it's going to be a long process. going to wait for Mitch Cobb to come over. I mean, basically. That's, I guess that's why them drafting him makes so much sense. Yeah. Because like, it's going to be a hot mess here for a while. So we might as well get draft someone. the guy who could be as good as Bedard, like, you know, um, three to five years from now. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, yeah, there's there's not a whole lot of hope or promise in this roster. I mean, it they've also still got Couturier and Atkinson on IR. So, like, both yeah. of them, Couturier especially, has been off and on that for the last few seasons. Yeah. So who knows if he's in playing shape. But other than that, I mean, <laughs> they don't have a whole lot. It's well, going like, to be interesting. And, like, they've Ellis, got... too, right? Like, Ellis is, like, basically done. Yeah, it sounds like. Don't I, I don't think we're expecting to see him back. Yeah. Like, so it's like all all three of those guys. Like who knows? He kind of comes back, plays three games, and he's done for the season. 
Yeah. But they they do have this kind of interesting like <laughs> they've got Hathaway, Nick Delorier, um I think Wade Allison's kind of a similar player type. They've got Ristolainen, they've got um Noah Cate is more defensive than physical, I think, but they've got a lot of these physical, you Philly know, Tortorella hockey. types. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Philly hockey it's Tortorella like, types, it's, so it's like Columbus when Torts was there. It yeah. looks almost identical. Basically. Right? So it's a bunch a collection of random players who somehow do okay but not really Yeah, and they play above their yeah. station for sure. And that's like kind of that's they about punch it. above their weight a little bit, but they're still not gonna be competitive. No. They they don't have way. they don't have the, the power to compete with what they have in the division. No, I mean like who what's their top line? Their top forward line is like Scott Lofton and then Farabee and Konechny on the wings. Yeah. So like, that's like a second line on a lot of teams. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be particularly setting the world on fire. Um, so uh, it's like they've come in. You know, Breer said like this is a new direction for the team. They've literally changed the jerseys for a new appearance on ice this year too. What they do just make it a different, slightly they different. They changed orange. it to like the burnt orange rather than like the traffic cone style orange. That's like you know, like the Oilers jersey used yeah, to be. Yeah, the, the pylon. <laughs> so they changed it to like the burnt orange that like they used in the nineties, mm. um, like the Lemieux or not Lemieux, uh, Lindros style, um, and uh, they changed it to be slightly different like sleeves and like numbering and stuff on them so like they're like a li- like a literal different look yeah right so it's like they've committed hard to where they're at so yeah, which is fair no surprise that they're gonna be you know trading out whoever they can like look for connecting to get moved oh for maybe sure. carter hard yeah. um you know just bring in new pieces to build a new core and just see how long it takes acquire a draft pick or two yeah, get some capital and try to try to build up after the damage that Fletcher did. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be pretty though. So anyway, I see them as the same. Um, you know, they got they got a good draft pick though. Let's see if that pans out for them, or if it doesn't. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. They finished last year forty thirty one and eleven. Uh, with 91 points, a .555 points percentage, finished fifth in division, 19th in the league, hilariously missed playoffs um, by losing to the worst team in the league, and uh, that allowed Florida to get in. So kudos to them. I thought that was a hilarious way to end the season. <laughs> yep, um, 100%. Very, very disappointing. And they, and they, they couldn't beat Chicago at home, I think it was, too. It was at home, I think. So just just all around great, um, yeah. Just uh, I think that's going to be one of the crazy what ifs of uh, of hockey. Just what if <laughs> what if the Penguins were able to beat Chicago at home and win one more game, and then Florida didn't make playoffs? Would, would Boston run. would Boston have gotten eliminated first round? Oh, right. I don't know. Um, anyway, so they've they have lost. Uh, Kulikov, Granlund, Petrie, DeSmith, Archibald, Benino, Drake, Jula, Dumoulin, uh, Paling, Zucker, Tukarski, and they have brought in Eric Carlson, Riley Smith, Ryan Graves, uh, Nieto, Nedeljkovic, Eller, Butcher, Zahorna, Helberg, Andreas Johnson, and Hinnestroza. Yeah, so 
And I mean, the, I, probably the most important move is Kyle Dubas. Yes. Because the amount of roster turnover comes at a time when Kyle Dubas takes over the team. Now, I do really appreciate that he comes in as like the president of hockey ops to <laughs> find a new GM and then two months later announces himself as the new GM. Yeah, I have found <laughs> the right man for the job. It is me. <laughs> After an extensive search, I have announced, I have determined that I am the best fit. I am the right man for this job. And you know what? Fair enough. He takes the job and then like a week later brings in Eric Carlson. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they can't fault him too much for that. And also he gained cap space in that move which, which i still find absolutely absurd that he freed up cap space acquiring it what was it was like 11 or a 10 million dollar defender yeah and so i guess like what's what's the whole trade it's like it's eric carlson um at what, like 1.5 million or something retained yep eric carlson okay so the pittsburgh penguins acquire eric carlson at 1.5 million retained uh they acquired dylan hameluck uh, prospect a 2026 third and Rem Pitlick from Montreal. Then the Montreal Canadiens got Jeff Petrie at 25% retained. So, you know, we'll talk about him in a different episode, but Petrie goes back to the team that he wanted to leave very desperately a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Casey DeSmith, Nathan uh, Leg- Laguerre, Laguerre, and a 2025 second from Pittsburgh. And then San Jose got from Montreal Mike Hoffman. And from Pittsburgh, they got Mikhail Granlund, Jan Ruda, and a 2024 first that's just top 10 protected. Yeah. So Pittsburgh managed to save $3.1 million in cap space for the time being. Now, that being said, Carlson has a lot of years left on that deal, so it won't save the money in the future. But um, that was just that's a very interesting how that happened. Yeah, so it's like a first, a second, Jan Ruda, Granlund, Petrie. So and and, and Smith. yeah, and uh, fans did not like Granlund because that move by Hextall was garbage. Um, so I think he's this this trade. I think Penguins fans are absolutely thrilled with. Yeah, because they didn't really give up anything. Not that Pittsburgh no. really has like outstanding prospects or anything, but they could have given up like the guy they just drafted, Jaeger or something. Yeah, or uh, Pierre Olivier Joseph. Was yeah, a common name thrown in that type of a, a trade proposal. So they don't give up anything of like real future value for them. And like Granlund did not work. Yeah. Um, if Petrie needed to be moved, Eric Carlson is undeniably a better defensive player to have on your team than Petrie is. Yep. Um. So, yeah, I don't, I, it's hard to see this as not a win for Pittsburgh. Yeah, and, um, you know, for, for Pittsburgh, it's like, okay, they've got, like, what, two, three years of the Crosby-Malkin-Latang era left? Yeah, why it's not? Like, just go all in. Why not? Do it. Like, try and get something out of it. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard in the division because of how good the other teams around them are getting. But just go for it. Like, what are you? What you've got to lose at this point? You've got no prospects. Yeah. You're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be better in two years to, like, salvage it. You already know you have no prospects, no draft picks. Just you know, roll with it. See yeah, what you I can think do. it's I think it's smart for the Penguins, but it's even smarter for Dubis because I think Dubis was after Carlson in his time in Toronto. Um, but you remember like those storylines where um, guys in Pittsburgh would find out that they were traded like during a, a team dinner, and Crosby was like really really mad and saying yeah. like this isn't how we do things in Pittsburgh, and like being very upset. Um, I think this is like such a smart way to like for Dubis to like I don't know if it's a right word, but like ingratiate himself to like 
Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Pittsburgh fans by being like, yeah, we're going to go in on this yeah. and we're going to get a guy. And like it, before the trade happened, it was like Crosby and Latang said, like, we're on board with yeah. like us getting Carlson. Right. And so it's like clearly he talked to them about it mm-hmm. and like said, like, how do you guys feel about this? Like, you know, I think this would be a good fit, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And but I it's think like that's like know. the dubious because we, we saw how he managed the team in Toronto and how like good of a relationship he was able to establish with the players mm-hmm. and like how close he was with the team and with the players and with the staff. Yeah. So, I mean, one, he's we saw in the front office, he's bringing in a lot of his own guys. Yeah. Which is like telling that they want to go back and work with him. Like he brings over, I think Spezza went with them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, Spezza I mean, there was a story when guys. he was like on his way out in Toronto, he was telling like staffers, like, don't worry about me. Like, I'll be fine. I'm going to sign all of you to like extensions so that you're fine. Yeah. And then like, if I get fired, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. So I think he's like a real like leader, but I, I just think I just can't get over it. Like, it's so smart for him to be like, I'm going to do right by Crosby and therefore Penguins fans will like have no oh for sure like they'll love him Mm -hmm. right so it's like and if they are competitive and extends their window it's like that's yeah a no-brainer for sure for sure and And in the future if like the cap hit fucks him over it's like whatever yeah we got to watch Crosby play with one of the generational talent defensemen exactly and his time you know we we've said it on this podcast before in the past like you can't ever count out the penguins when they have like the crosby malkin Latang thing going on like they can find a way like they were still pretty much almost in the playoffs last year until you know tragedy struck yeah and then like they're still they're still good they bring in an even better player to just like you said extend that window a little bit give them another yeah. chance and like it's it's all around it just seems like a move that works for the team so yeah that's that's yeah and like i think it's no secret to know like once malkin and crosby and Latang are gone like the team's not gonna be good yeah so it's like why not just load up right now and see what happens worry worry it seems to be a mentality that a lot of teams are taking right now it's like do the move for the now and then we'll figure out the shit later this cap situation later. yeah and it's like this is this is i think this is kind of what um dubis attempted to do in toronto with Tavares, right because when he made that deal and signed him to like the 10 million contract it was like the cap's gonna go up Mm -hmm. so we're gonna do this now and like in a couple years we'll be fine you know hindsight 2020 a cap did not go up because of crazy external factors Mm -hmm. this time though it looks like it will so it's like he's kind of replicating what he did there Yep. And he made a good team in Toronto, for sure. I mean, he inherited some really solid pieces, for sure. But he made a pretty good team there. And I think, yeah, it's just replicating the same thing. I mean, the people are already already drawing parallels with, like, Dubas's new core four. And it's like, well, they kind of, like, three of them were already there. <laughs> yeah. So, like, let's not get too carried yeah, away this here. Yeah, this isn't his but doing. I, th- I think it's a smart move. As much as I don't like the Penguins, I think it's, like, a super smart yeah. addition. And I also think it's funny that... Um, Dubas is also bringing in guys that he's uh, he's already obtained in other uh, like for Toronto, like yeah, Achari, like uh, Johnson, yeah, or Johnson is one of his guys as well. Um, yeah, I, I think like some of the other additions like are are kind of interesting here too. Like 
like Riley Smith bringing in a guy like probably takes the place of um, Gensel while Gensel's hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a guy that can can shoot the puck. Um, bringing in Lars Eller. I don't know how that fits into their center depth. Um, but um, I think, well, I mean, seems to, I feel like it should put him at 3C in a role that he's suited for. Yeah. Um, which is, is interesting that I, I right off the top of my head, I can't remember like a capital player that went the other way to, to Penguins. You're normally in recent history, it's always Penguins players coming to the Capitals. Oh. So it's just like, finally, there's a guy <laughs> who goes the other way, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I get where uh, Penguins fans are, where like Niskanen and Orpik and like Cheery, um, Hagelin, like all these guys come the other way. Mm-hmm. And they don't like them anymore. Yeah, and then this uh, time it's, now going, it's, the like it's going the other way. It's like, ah, oh, bastard. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like I think like uh, the the additions, I think more than make up for the guys that are going the other way. Yeah, I, it, um, it's very like you know what they've lost, they've replaced. Yeah, and I think they've done a decent job at improving on that depth too. Um, you know, guys like Riley Smith. I mean, he's just a reliable you know midline forward to score like. Achari was pretty good in, in yeah, Toronto. Yeah, he was. He was. Like he's sure. he's good in that role. He's pretty quietly good. Um, Pitlick had a strong season last year. Like he was he was solid. Matt Nieto is a well known like depth forward who's just got a lot of speed, which is great for the way the league's trending right now. And then mm-hmm. like they did actually, you know, aside from Carlson, like I do think that loss of Dumoulin will hurt a bit, but apparently his game, like you were telling me at one point, his game has fallen off lately. Yeah, I just saw like fans of the Penguins were saying like they were kind of happy to see him move mm-hmm. on. Um, so they so... replaced him with Ryan Graves, who's I think a bit younger, mm-hmm. and who I think he's been solid in New Jersey. Yeah, I think so. So their their defense, their roster looks good. Yeah, I think that they should be like competitive, definitely yeah. making a push for um, for playoffs. I think. Yeah, I think like, um, like you said, it, they've got Crosby and Malkin. So how do you, how do you rule those guys out? Um, and then yeah, like forward, Granlund, Zucker, on the way out. I don't know. I mean, Granlund didn't do anything. In yeah, Pittsburgh Granlund didn't do anything. Zucker, Zucker's I think, was none. pretty. Uh, he's, he's pretty solid. Yeah, he's a solid guy, but I think, yeah, like, he's pretty streaky, I think, so. And, you know, what they've added, I mean, not that they're one for one, but, like, Riley Smith, they kind of bring in, you have a similar level of scoring. Yeah, and, like, what's that old meme? It's, like, you know, Malkin could play on a line with a guy named, like, Mark Donk and whatever, whatever, (laughs) right? And, like, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Those guys end up getting, like, 70 (laughs) points somehow, so I think, Well, you remember, that was kind of the joke when, like, Gensel and Russ came into leagues. It's, like, who are these these guys? guys? And they're out here scoring 20 goals a season out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, I think they're going to be definitely very competitive. Mm -hmm. Before the Carlson trade, I would have said I don't know if I see it, but after that trade, for sure, it's like, yeah. yeah. They okay. should be. They're easily competing wild card, like possibly the third divisional spot. Yeah. It's hard to see them eclipsing Carolina and New Jersey, but I can see them like in the mix with like the Rangers. and. Yeah. I've, I've seen some people who are like, well, why do they need Carlson when they got Latang? And it's like, okay, you clearly, you clearly don't know how good Carlson is. Like, yeah. And 
like having the one of those like you could roll both those guys on your power play. You could just roll three forwards two D. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's quite nothing frankly, wrong with Carlson that. is yeah. a forward at times anyways. Yeah. And like you remember like the last time the Senators were in playoffs, that uh unbelievable stretch pass that uh Carlson did. They ended up losing to Pittsburgh. It was like now he's on the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. like He's he's motivated to win, I think. Well, he was so. also involved in a trade with Hoffman. I found it interesting. <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, that is funny. Um, I mean, yeah, Montre- like Montreal, they they made out like bandits in that trade for sure. They unloaded the guy that they wanted to. Um, they get Petrie back. They're probably gonna trade Petrie yeah, again. Petrie, I mean Petrie. We'll talk about him, like I said, in another episode. But he wanted out of Montreal in the first place. So yeah, they're, they're probably just. I using think there's zero. I think there's. Maybe not zero, but like a pretty low chance that he suits up for Montreal yeah. again. And then they also get um, an improvement to back up in Casey yeah. Smith, who has been solid in Pittsburgh. It's going to be hard for him to go into Montreal because they're a completely different system and team and way worse. Yeah, but, I think um, I think the Smith was kind of like up and down a bit in, in Pittsburgh. So I think it's it's probably like a wash between Nedeljkovic and DeSmith for for them to have a backup but i think yeah it's probably just good for him to have a change of scenery could be yeah and you know uh, the other move is is they did re-sign tristan jari for you know like yeah, a five-year five their guy now seven five yeah so Dewis comes in he talks with jari thinks the issues were fixed health-wise thinks he's ready to go and should be yeah back to form that he was like a couple years ago when he took over the crease yeah so that's it's a bit of a gamble but um it's got to feel probably good for Jari to have that vote of confidence. Yeah. And I mean, like if it doesn't pan out, maybe they make a play for another goalie too. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, like they've, I wouldn't worry too much about goaltending in Pittsburgh, to be honest, because like, if you look at their cup runs, they just have a goalie come out of nowhere. Well, in yeah. Matt Didn't it happen once or twice where they, they yeah. go on a deep playoff run with a rookie goalie. Yeah. I mean, in Murray and then Jari. So it's like, they could just, yeah. Nelkovich could just go on a run or something, right? No, they got Magnus Helberg in the minors too. That yeah. They signed him. So, I mean, like the first cup they won in, like well, not the first, but like the in twenty seventeen, um, they had like no defense. Mm-hmm. So it's like they could Crosby could just be like, "We're gonna win," <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then they win. <laughs> so <laughs> it's that type of mentality. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> who knows? I think that they're gonna be much more in the race this yep. year for sure. Um, all right, we'll move on to the Capitals. Um, they finished last year 35, 70, or 37 and 11, 80 points, a point four eight eight points percentage, finished sixth in the division, 25th in the league. Um, they did sell a lot at the deadline, um, so I think that that points um, and, and ranking is a, is a little bit deceptive for them because – um, they did sell off some pretty big names uh, last year. Um, and this year, they have uh, lost Connor Sheary, uh, Matt Irwin, uh, Pilon from the AHL team, Connor Brown, who was injured all year anyway. So it's not, I, for, I even forgot that he was on them. Um, Zach Fucali went to the KHL, and then Craig Smith uh, re signed somewhere else. And uh, they've, they've made a, a couple signings and, and a, a trade so they signed max pacioretty 
uh, and they also acquired uh, Edmondson from Montreal in a trade, and then they also signed uh, Matthew Phillips out of Calgary um, as a depth guy. Um, so pretty pretty quiet for them. I don't think there's anyone that I'm missing, um, but uh, I mean. They've, I mean, obviously, they've been kind of tied to the Penguins for a long time, and I just think that they're really at, at different spots here. Like the the Capitals, you know, like have said that they're like they they've told Ovechkin that they're going to compete, but they're not they're not at the same place as the Penguins. No. Like, no, they don't. Backstrom's not who he was at this point. It's, it's, yeah. it's just they don't have the one two. Like the yeah. Penguins have, yeah, they don't they don't have the the depth or the dare I say the quality of players. Like the Penguins have done a great job every single season. They bring in a quality player at the deadline. It's like the tr- the trend where it's like they're getting like Raquel and Zucker. Like they're getting guys like that at the deadline, and they're yeah. It's kind of like helping them stay competitive, extend their window. And the Capitals weren't really doing that. And like you said, I mean, Backstrom's not the same player he was. Kuznetsov had, like, the one or two good years, but he's struggling, and he also wants to trade. Yeah. And, you know, Oshie's perpetually injured. Mantha's perpetually mm-hmm. injured. Wilson struggles with injuries, but he's great when he's in the lineup. So there's a lot of stuff like that where it's just hard to find the consistency in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, like, Wilson missed, like, the first half of last year, so did Backstrom. Um, I think Wilson should be pretty pretty close to fully healthy i think he might play pretty close to the full season um but he does play a pretty rough game mm-hmm. um, i'm fine with the signing like he signed for uh what like like a seven by seven or something um 6.5 yeah and yep. people were kind of being like whoa so much for wilson and it's like yeah but he is like the future captain i think of that team like once that ovechkin is out so i think it's smart to kind of bridge yep. like this era with the next and just have Wilson be kind of that mainstay guy and bring like the culture over to like all the new guys coming in. Yeah. And kind of give him that, that reward. Cause he does do a lot. Like he kind of fills a lot of different roles on that roster. Like he can score, he can, he's actually a good hockey player. He's physical. Like he does a lot. Yeah. And like, I thought it was kind of funny that people were like making fun of the contract or not make fun, but like saying it was bad. Um, But it's like earlier in the off season when it was rumored that he was available. Mm Mm-hmm everybody was like yeah let's get him so it's like okay is he either is he good or is he yeah, not good do you, do you value him or not yeah because like, it's like yeah he he missed a lot of last year but when he came back he looked great mm-hmm. and he was like at times he looked like the only guy that was trying out yeah. there so and the other thing his current contract he's making 5.16 per year he only got a raise of like 1.3 million yeah and it's like okay does sure he deserve the, that yeah yeah considering he would have signed that and the cap's gone up since then. Yeah. Like, it's probably not too far out of range in terms of cap percentage. Now, the length maybe, okay, like, the length's it's sure. taking him to, you know, he's going to be, like, 35, 36 or so when he's done that contract. But, like, actually probably 37. But, you know. Well, like, the likelihood of him being on LTIR at the end of that is pretty high. Honestly, so yeah, the way I he plays. I think it's, like, a... <laughs> I don't think it's really a stretch to th- no. think that. So. And ch- like, what are the chances? Okay, so you're four years into this contract. The Capitals are in their rebuild. Trade them, buy them out. Like yeah, they're not going. They're not going to be too concerned like, about retaining twenty five percent on that or buying them out and having yeah, a couple million. So I, I'm f- I'm fine with it. I think like he's yeah he's been a warrior for them, uh, instrumental in the cup run, and 
he is like a really he just tries every night like when the caps played in the stadium series and like they had they wore those like stadium jerseys for a few other games Mm -hmm. he's the only player that scored wearing that jersey Wow. Nobody else not scores. Impressed. Yeah. Not, not a very impressive um, uh, stat, but <laughs> good for Wilson, not the rest of the team. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, without him in the lineup, they looked like trash. And then when he came back, he it took him a while to kind of get back into, like, speed. But mm-hmm. um, I, I love Wilson. I think that he, he's definitely earned that contract. And I, I do think he's the next captain after Ovechkin. So I think he's, he's definitely warranted that. So that so that that's the one piece of news for them. They re-signed Wilson. And mm-hmm. I'm really glad that they did, and that just quashes all the rumors of him being traded because they they kept popping up, and it's like there's no there's no zero chance yeah. that he's getting moved. Yeah, there's of all Kuznetsov, yeah. sure, but they've they've said that they've tried, and I don't think it's happening no. at this point. Maybe the deadline or something, but at this point, he's got to play better. Yep. To yep. up his value, and then maybe teams will want him. Add yeah. a retained cap hit. Yeah, basically. Um. So they're they're pretty much the same. The only thing is like they've signed Max Pacioretty. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you about because him and Ovechkin are both left wings who kind of do the exact same <laughs> thing. And I'm kind of like, how does this dynamic work? Are they just trying to improve depth scoring or like just find some little weird competitive advantage? Because like, what's Pacioretty going to do when Ovechkin's in the lineup? Yeah, not not play on the left side. Yeah, um, or at least on power play. Um, I don't know. I mean, I th- I think I think it's kind of an interesting one because like the cap, or, like the deal they sign him to has like, um, like games played. It's sort of similar like the Connor Brown thing, um, and they don't expect him back until I think like halfway through the season or something. So it's like, holy moly! Like, is is this guy even gonna play? Yeah, and what's he gonna show up, play five games, and then pop his Achilles again? I think it's like pretty pretty low risk like it doesn't really matter if it pans out or not like if it does they could trade him sure that and would be pretty yeah, cool and if it doesn't they just got and if it doesn't it's like whatever yeah um i don't think it's really gonna make a difference for the team i could be wrong on that he could come back and be like yeah i'm gonna score like 25 goals in yeah. half a season whatever mm-hmm. um but i don't know it's tough it's tough to bank on the guy after his achilles exploded like again mm-hmm. um you know, I mean, like we talked about Eric Carlson, like before he had that Matt Cook thing, like his skating was like, I don't know if it was McDavid level, but it's like one of the best, one of the best in the league. And he had that Achilles issue and it's not the same. Yeah. He is older for sure. He also had the the heel thing going on too, like like to add on to that. Yeah. So he's, he's had definitely some foot problems and it's really expected his foot speed for sure. Mm -hmm. And you see that when he's trying to back check. It's like it's it's just not the same. He used to be able to like he'd be out of position and just get back into position because his skating was so much better than anybody else. Um, so yeah, I don't know if Pacioretty's skating has ever been that good, and he has this, like a similar injury. Yeah. So it's like well, I don't know. Is he even going to be able to move? Yeah. Um, I think the the addition of Edmondson is good. I think that's kind of kind of interesting. Um, apparently a really good locker room guy. That's good because not a huge fan of his on ice performance. <laughs> yeah, he, he's someone that the Oilers were looking at or were rumored to be in in on to bring in at the deadline last year, and it was kind of like there's probably better options out there. Yeah, I think so, for the Capitals it makes sense for maybe a team that's actually legitimately a 
contender, yeah. maybe not. So it kind of looks it looks like they should be able to slot him in on the third pairing. Yeah, I think which like, is probably where he's best. Just, and if he's a good locker room guy, if he's a good presence for that, like that's probably why they want to bring yeah, him. Yeah, honestly, I think that's probably one of the only reasons. Like yeah. just a guy that's got a little bit of toughness can play with like maybe a younger guy. Yeah, stick up for him out there. Be exactly. Good, be a good like leadership guy in the room, um, because it, you know, like the Capitals have had a bit of a like diaspora of their their leadership, right? Like they've they've still got like obviously Ovechkin, Backstrom, um, Carlson, and, and mm-hmm. Oshie, but like they've lost a lot of their kind of their leaders. Yeah, there's the room, been quite so. a bit of turnover in the last few seasons. Yeah. So. Um, and then they've kind of got a bit of a kind of a bit of a hodgepodge of a D-line. So it's like, I think bringing a guy like that makes makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Good for some stability, kind yeah. of provide a bit of, of leadership and guidance to the defensive group. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, it's tough to see them being anywhere close to playoffs for yeah. me. Personally. They're going to be in, in this very unique middle ground between Philly and Columbus and Pittsburgh and New York. Yeah, they're going to be a buffer team. Yeah, like, they're, they're not going to be... I think they're going to like win games and yeah. stuff, but they're not going to be like... They should be within 10 points of a wild card yeah. spot. Like, kind of that that range. Where yeah, it's like, I, I would... I would I think that's probably going to be pretty accurate because they're not going to want to fully tank because mm-hmm. they're not going to want to do that with Ovechkin on the lineup. Um, and I think, yeah, like you know the the roster or the franchise is really just trying to do right by Ovechkin at this point and mm-hmm. get him the record. record. You know, bring in a center like like make him play with Strom. Strom was an absolute great addition mm-hmm. last year. Um, but yeah, now it's like you know if Backstrom's gonna play, he's nowhere near where he was. And then if he goes on. LTIR that sucks because you kind of want to see him with Ovechkin for the record. Yeah, no, um, for sure, for sure. But uh, yeah, I don't think that they're going to be super competitive. But I think you kind of nailed it like that, just outside of a playoff spot, middle middle of the division, like not really anyone, yeah. not really. It's going to be a weird spot where they're not really like close to anybody below or above them. They'll just kind of have their own little like island they'll, in there. They'll be like the Canucks. <laughs> where the Canucks have been They'll for win a just, decade. just win just enough games to not get a good draft pick, but not yeah. enough to get into the playoffs. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I think that's going to be exactly where they are. They won. Um, I mean, they stayed where they were in the draft. They got the number eight overall pick. Got Ryan Leonard. Super happy about mm-hmm. that. Um, if they can get a similar pick next year, sure. Cool. I don't think they'll be getting top three or anything, but no, not yet. Unless they win a draft lottery, that'd be kind of cool. If they can get a lottery pick, I'd be happy. I think that's where they need to be. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good to get the that type of a player in while Ovechkin's still there and performing, because then you can kind of bring him in and yeah, you know, have him take over while while the core's still there. Yeah, and like I said, like before, like I'm kind of happy that they didn't get Mitchkov because it would have been just too much pressure. Yeah, like. And well, I'll run Russians retiring. Let's pin our entire hopes on another mm-hmm. and just put way too much pressure on them. When they're two entirely different players. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, like the addition of Patrick and Amazon, like I don't think it's really going to have too much of an impact on ice, but, you know, just, I mean, one of them is for sure an NHL ready guy, a capable guy right now, Patrick maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just there for the youth, you know, like. If Edm- I don't know what side Edmonton plays, but like maybe play with like Both. Sandine or something, and um, 
Yeah. I mean, like, they, they did re-sign Fairvari, which is um, a great contract. He is turning into a very underrated defender. Like, kind of almost almost maybe filling that Orlov role. Yeah. Where he's, like, just very solid, mm-hmm. but not really flashy. He's also, a, like, you know, early fantasy hockey tape. He's also great in, in <laughs> like, banger leagues. Yeah. Because he blocks and hits a lot. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. No, he's solid. I mean, like, all of the, the caps, like, demon that were on the roster last year coming into this year like individually i do like mm-hmm. um i don't think it's like a super strong lineup or anything but um for me Fairvari and sandine are huge bright spots yep. yeah yeah they're like, going to be the future yeah of that, for sure of that, that trade i think is such a good one mm-hmm. to get sandine yeah i like that i like that trade a lot and um there's there's a like the hockey guy on YouTube, I think every every time he talks about like the capital, he says like, um, "I don't know why Toronto traded out Sandine." It's like why? Yeah, seems like a weird one, but I'm happy to reap the benefit from that. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think like so. Who do you think is gonna win um, this division? Do you think it's gonna be Carolina, New Jersey? Do you think like the Rangers are really gonna make a play or the Penguins? I I, I have to go with Carolina. I, I think, think that's the safe bet. It's the yeah. safe bet to me. They, they've been so good in the division for years, and then they just made their team, in my opinion, they made the biggest improvements mm-hmm. that addressed the biggest needs on the team. Yeah. So I think they're the safest bet to get better. The The flip side of, of like, the 1-2 last year is New Jersey's just developing. Yeah. So whereas Carolina's already established, New Jersey's getting better just by virtue of their players getting better. Mm-hmm. So... You know, they could very realistically improve by another handful of points while Carolina's kind of maxed out and, yeah. and, you know, flip and win the division themselves. Yeah. I mean, like, I think if you think about, like, what, what team is better at scoring, probably New Jersey. Mm-hmm. What team is better at defending, probably Carolina. Yeah. And then in net, probably the edge to Carolina yeah. again. So I think it's, yeah, it's it's always, I mean, that's the great part about sports is the different ways that teams are built and their strengths and weaknesses, right? So. Yeah, I don't think Carolina really addressed their lack of scoring, but if they have a healthy Svechnikov, that's really going to help. That really, really hammered them going into playoffs. Yep. That was such bad timing. Which, I, funnily enough, their scoring was totally fine against New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> they steamrolled New Jersey in the playoffs and scored yeah. a lot. So That's true. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, so we shall see. But I would agree. I think I think I'm going with Carolina. Um, and I, I think I'm going with, with New Jersey and, and Pittsburgh as two, three. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I guess I'd have to look at the Atlantic, but like, um, I think that this team might have like the, uh, more teams making playoffs than the Atlantic. Um, you know, like the wild card spots, I think might go to teams in the Metro, um, compared to the Atlantic, um. Because it's pretty, it's pretty easy to see a world where like Toronto probably makes playoffs, mm-hmm. um, but Boston and Tampa Bay, like, will they fall off a little bit? And then like the big question mark is like Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit. Like, what are they gonna and, do? Yeah, and Florida. How do they? Bounce? Yeah, and Florida. Like, is Florida gonna be for real, or with the injuries that they've had? Like, are they gonna be able to even? sniff playoffs and don't forget that they barely made playoffs mm-hmm. 
if they were in the West, they wouldn't have. So, yeah, I mean, I think that I think there's probably uh, a lot of playoff teams in this division, though. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Four, I think four. Yeah, because there's honestly, in my mind, there's no way that um, Pittsburgh or the Rangers miss. I don't see them as being worse than what the wild card offerings in the Atlantic would be. So, like, it could very realistically be all five coming from this division if if teams in the Atlantic don't develop the way that we thought they will. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's it's. I mean, like Ottawa, like always has a shitty start. Mm-hmm. So if like you know the first ten games of the season or fifteen or whatever, they don't get a good start. It's like well, and they kind of knock themselves out of contention yeah. early on. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think the Metro is going to be um, maybe not quite the Metro Dome of of years past. No, but I think I think, I think the Pacific's be, taking that title. Yeah, <laughs> I think it is going to be um, tough to get to the top of this division. Yeah. And uh, I am really looking forward to seeing if the Capitals can play spoiler this season. Um, that's really, I mean, like what I'm going to take as wins out of this year is like, you know, playing spoiler to teams like the Penguins or the Rangers or whatever. Yeah. Um, what what chaos working, can they cause? Yeah. And like working closer to getting Ovechkin's record, of course. Um, but yeah, really just being like, ha ha ha, you lost a, you know, an interdivision game. That sucks. Yeah, look, it? you missed the playoffs by two <laughs> points, but yeah. you lost to us once. Huh? Yeah, you lost to us in those those three games or whatever, right? You yeah. lost one out of one out of the three. If you won the one, you would have got in. Yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to this season with the Capitals. Um, we'll see how they end up finishing. If they finish last in the division, great. That wraps things up for this time here on Clappercast. Make sure you rate and review this episode, and toss a follow or subscribe our way. For more content, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at ClapperCast Media or on Twitter at ClapperCast. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with more Hockey Talk.